This is Republic of INSEAD, the 20 years later O3D podcast edition. I am Milena Ivanova and will be your host in this limited series. So, here we are, 20 years later, hopefully all the wiser, naturally smarter and as charming as ever. There were 432 of us in the O3D vintage. And certainly, there are 432 unique and very interesting personal and professional stories to tell. While I cannot physically cover all, I have tried to make a selection of stories that will keep you interested and curious. Welcome to the Republic of INSEAD podcast edition and enjoy the show. Alrighty, so someone may have missed me. One or two people. Well, let's see. So, 20-year reunion is behind us now, but since some of you are missing the podcast, uh, we figured we can pull a pre-Christmas episode for you. And also, for the benefit of those who missed the reunion, maybe a few takeaways. So, today we do a recap of events with some of the other reunion volunteers without whom our reunion would not have been the same, or rather, I should say, would not have been possible in many aspects. Uh, Buses from the middle of nowhere, anyone? (laughs) (laughs) And so, welcome to you. Let's see who we have in the room here. It's, uh, I do alphabetical, okay, so no, no one offended, or I think I'm doing, yes. Jeff Clay, Mario Klapsis, Sophia Marimba, and Sophie Walker. With me, who we are missing from the team are Rutger and Lara, who were also part of the core team, but uh, unfortunately couldn't join us uh, today. So, hello to you, three ladies, two gentlemen. I love this, you know, this shape of the world. Um, So, I hope everyone is doing well. Maybe start with telling me where are you at at this moment as we speak and record in whichever order. I'm, uh, I'll kick off. I'm in, uh, I'm in Dallas and it's uh, sunny and warm in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> I am in Stockholm, uh, having just been in Singapore and left Dubai where I live behind me due to the climate conference and the 90,000 people attending. Sophie and Sophia? I'm in a very rainy, cold, grey London. And I'm in a rainy, ugly day in Porto. Not cold, though. All right. Well, and I'm in a wet, snowy day in Sofia, and it's getting dark here. So, yes, the joy of talking to people across continents. We have to find the common time of the day that works. So there you go. So... Welcome uh, to the Republic of INSEAD podcast to all of you. I'm very happy we've talked with a a few of you about doing this and it took a while, but here we are pre-Christmas with our jingle bell moods and all that. Um, we, We wanted to recap and we also wanted to just keep the spirit and maybe give a bit of inspiration for the holidays and then for the new year to everyone. And so... That's the main reason for this episode. And also some people have been begging me for more. So <laughs> let's see. <laughs> let's see. I'm not saying this is the last one. I'm not saying there's more. I'm saying nothing. But there you go. So let's start with the facts since uh, we love numbers. Um, 178 of us made it to reunion, plus 44 partners and kids, no dogs, no cats. 
And so that makes 222 people that gathered on campus. Or looking at it another way, 43% of the class showed up. And what I really love about this number is that it makes us an outperforming class because the average for 20 years later is 39%. So here you go, the first bottle of champagne should pop. I don't know, Stockholm, give us some some bubbles. <laughs> and so that was that was on attendance. Um, and since we are chatting on the airwaves of the Republic of um, INSEAD podcast, a few more stats on the podcast itself. So we've had 26 episodes in total. Uh, this will be the 27th. And uh, these have been listened to a cool 7,617 times. This is what I yeah. counted across the three platforms, Spotify, Apple, and Zencaster. Um, that makes 292 lessons on average, which basically in a class of 432 is cool. Of course, it's not just our classmates listening to it, but I thought it's the ultimate in, um, in uh, customized targeting our what, audience. Uh... What is that? Prime make audience is 432 people. Tell me who targets and markets 432 people. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's got to be some sort of rank record, don't you think? Your, uh, <laughs> well, your list, listen per, uh, per target audience record? Yeah, it's the most expensive episode per episode. <laughs> Because, of course, our time is so expensive. So, anyhow, enough of joking. But this, the, the, the podcast did do the magic because we outperformed on participation and we also outperformed on fundraising. But I'll give you this a bit later. I already spilled a bit. Gave you, an, uh, gave you because you also don't know the current numbers. So, and, of course, uh, I think the podcast also helped greatly for a lot of people to catch up before reunion. So, in other words, a lot of us had done a bit of homework. For some, probably it was a first, <laughs> 20 years later. And so we did really have a great time at reunion, uh, catching up and also getting a lot of inspiration. But I, I stopped talking here and I pass it um, over to you. And what I wanted to probably start with is um, your personal key takeaway, if you can take one from the reunion. I can start. It's uh, three words. Excitement, before, during and after. Fun, during. And connections. And um, it was a great takeaway, the amount of... Uh, reconnecting, connecting, expanding, morphing, <laughs> developing uh, the connections uh, that bind us. I could so not agree more. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's said that it's the life in your ears that counts. Um, I do think even more than that is the people in your life. And uh, to me, INSEAD has brought like a lot of important people. Uh, and the reunion, it, it was all about, you know, just um, meeting the ones that we see often. We want the ones that we see less often and just finding that uh, old energy is still... Young I energy. Thought... Young energy. <laughs> True. <laughs> exactly. I thought it was really interesting um, when I think about the kind of four reunions that we've had. Because I found the five... I mean, by the way, all of them a lot of fun. 
But the five year was very much around what job have you got? You know, what have you achieved? You know, in that period, work wise, where are you in your career? 10 years, I felt it was a bit more like, what's your family situation? Have you had any kids yet? Have you had five kids yet? You know, that kind of thing. 15 in Singapore was just a bit insane. Um, as far as I can remember, people just definitely wanted to be students again um, and, and largely behave like that all weekend. And then, um, but this time, lots and lots of fun, but I kind of found people in more reflective mood, I think. Um, and more, I had more conversations about looking around what the next phase of life might look like that was you know that that when people were expecting a marked change from maybe what the last 20 years had brought like people are kind of approaching an inflection point whether they're there yet or not quite but in in reflective in reflective mood that's great and and for me i think the the best part was i think you guys have touched on that right obviously we all have that core group of people we keep in touch with regularly we know what's going on it was that secondary that group that you were you know close with and friends with I didn't say but I had kind of lost touch with and for me that was exciting to get back together with those people and realize and how much I enjoyed their company and being around them so that was the best part for me yeah it did uh, I I fully agree with you Sophie it was a lot it the mood was different there was no com competitiveness anymore for sure there was a lot more looking for cooperation or for the lack of, I'm not that fast with the words today, but I, uh, yeah, I found the same and I was quite inspired by this because you suddenly rediscover yourself. <laughs> so, um, right. And so on a scale of one to 10, how happy were you with the reunion in all aspects? That's like you're giving yourself marks since you are volunteers. <laughs> wow. How far along the bell curve can I go? Yeah. Your bonus depends on that. <laughs> oh, that's so we won't be competitive anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I would say nine. Just uh, I would leave it under a ten, just because there's a lot of things that. I wanted to do that I wasn't able to accomplish, right? And so to me, it was a nine because, you know, which is, I think is a good thing. There were some things that still wanting, right? There's like, oh, I wanted to go to this session or see this person or catch up here. So that to me was the, you know, what kept it from being a 10. That's a nice. So we have to go back soon. Yes. Okay. Your favorite bit or favorite memory from this? Um, I think... Um, there were so many lovely moments, kind of side moments, talking to one person or another that you hadn't spoken to in 5, 10, 15 years. Um, but the fact that we can all get back into the chateau and dance together in the way that we always did. Um, when I think about the weekend, that's definitely the first image that comes to mind. And I will just extend this because it was exactly the same what I would have chosen. Yeah. I was just extending... I loved actually at that moment that Sophie was describing, seeing the very, the much older vintages also <laughs> dancing with us. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's a message of hope for the future. <laughs> <laughs> that's a target, yes. Yeah. yeah, I have to say that to me when I was thinking about this is, is, is basically just, you know, the feeling of, you know, the first hug that you give to people that you have not seen in a long time. Mm. You know, this physical connection, you know, like the smiles and the happiness uh, of, you know, just 
seeing again face to face um, people that you have not seen in a while also because this was post COVID as well, which I think um, helped uh, the sensation of, you know, you know, seeing and, and, and meeting people again. That, that is all. Awesome. Yeah. I would say for me, it was just being on the, the lawn and having a beer right outside mm-hmm. there that, you know, it just to me, it was the reminiscent of those conversations that you have that were kind of impromptu and, you know, ended up going for hours. And so that to me was part of the would have liked more time doing that. And that was my favorite part of, you know, the couple of days we got to spend out there having a beer and catching them. Right. What was a disappointment or what would you rather we do differently next time? Because I, I would have liked more time to replicate the moment that Jeff described, <laughs> especially on this Saturday. Um, and it's a comment that I heard from people. I wouldn't call it disappointment, but I, you know, a lot of people said, oh, it was so great. I wish I had more time to spend um, with everybody else. And somehow Saturday seems to be the key day for that. So would you shuffle what did you read? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. How would you how would you sort of shuffle the agenda to make that happen? One suggestion, and this is just a suggestion, is perhaps the um, late afternoon course, the one that we were proven that we have not, um, for example, taken all the steps for our pension management. <laughs> you know? um, I think it was fun, it was nice, but I would actually um, remove it and replace it with um, more time uh, amongst us, mm. definitely. Well, time is never enough, is it? Exactly. We agree. Any any other additions, so, uh, Sophia, Jeff? Um, so two things in terms of, I would not call it disappointed, but um, I, I have to mention the heavy heart that I guess all of us got um, when we became aware of the mm. disturbing mm. events in the Middle East. I think that was particularly heartbreaking. Um, it's a bit frivolous to speak about, but being pragmatic and looking into into your question, um, I think the combined energy, the brain power, the resourcefulness of our class is huge. And I think um, our goal for the next reunion uh, could be that beyond our endowment, which I think is definitely like a legacy that we are living. Um, we should think about you know ways to deliver even more impact together. And to contribute back, um, I know that we are already with initiatives with the Hoffman Institute, etc. But to really put our brains together and our energy together, and try to deliver to next reunion beyond the fun, also something impactful, over mm. and beyond our endowments in the name of our class, that would be probably what I would add. Yeah, which we are working on already. So. We probably have a bit more to say a bit later. Jeff, anything else or? No, no, no I think. Happy, it, of course. It, to me, it wouldn't be, you know, it's trying to figure out what would you not do to add something in. Yeah. So, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was great. Time is always right. This is at some point we all realize, and I think this is why the 20th is different, is that the most precious asset, not as, yeah, well, that we all have is time. Nothing else is healthy. So, um, Right. So I think just also we should just yeah. talk about it's kind of like a, a kind of high point, but also how it could be done differently was the fact that we did the party on the Friday night, yeah, right, which was just our class. And Sophia, I mean, clearly, like 
it was amazing and the amount of work that you did was like it was you know mind-blowing quite frankly and, you know, you know it's like, we'll do another one on thursday next time oh my suggestion was going to be like how much the administration could help um <laughs> delivering that but you know maybe they don't need to know but in all seriousness like i i thought it was game changing actually for us and our class at the reunion to do that together on the friday night and you know bringing people just us was really really special and i'm sure that when people are thinking in the future about just how they connect with INSEAD and how much they want to go back etc you know it, it was it was it was a sort of powerful force for that stuff as well i i love that you bring it up on a few different levels because uh one is we have been working like jeff has been a volunteer since graduation mario for the last 10 years Sophia has been helping informally. You are helping informally, right, at the, mm -hmm. in Singapore. But we, the result, and this Friday was really the result of us getting together very early on and saying, right, how do we do this better? And we took the feedback on board and we just delivered it. Now, Sophia delivered brilliantly. <laughs> thank you very much. And I should also mention thank you to Ricky. Knox, who did pick up the bill for Friday's DJ and uh, whatever extra time we stayed there. So, um, and believe it or not, with French uh, business and administration, we settled the bills more or less a month after the reunion <laughs> finished. So Sophia and I were exchanging still emails and whatever, and waiting for the French to demand their money. Some of them are not even good at collecting it. So. <laughs> so yes, but thanks to Ricky for, for picking this one up. And also for Friday, we did have the auction. Uh, and so special thanks uh, also for the gift, which Francisco, well, the, the lots that he donated, which we auctioned and we raised uh, just shy of 12,000 euro from these. Um, so that was, and Ricky ran this auction. So thank you, Ricky. As someone said, he can sell ice to the Eskimos. So he could get 12,000 for these. Uh, Francisco just sent us a short notice uh, for the swell uh, that we can go this Saturday to, uh, to, to Portugal to watch uh, the wave. But clearly pre-Christmas, I don't think anyone managed that. <laughs> at such short notice, but that's it with the water and the waves and the ocean. So nature, mother nature. Anyhow, great. So was there anything unexpected, one new thing or one unexpected thing that you heard or learned or discovered that made? I have to pick up on Mario's comment. I think to me, it was just that the realization that fun and joy absolutely have no age. I actually took videos of our older colleagues on the dance floor, like jumping and dancing like they were teenagers. And I, I basically shared those videos with friends back home and I said, this is how I want to grow old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so to me, I, I thought it was just amazing. As Mario said, like, it just gives you hope that, you know, life can be as fun as long as you're blessed with help. It can be as fun as everyone else is quiet. So we are all in agreement. Oh, Mario. <laughs> uh Absolutely. I would just add something. It's not about, uh, you know, the new and expecting the reunion. I think there's been so much new and unexpected uh, things that I've heard through the podcasts that the sheer volume of what's coming from those, you know, definitely overwhelmed uh, anything uh, during that weekend. It's been great. Mm. 
But you know what? I've been doing the podcast and then I've been taking the transcripts and then I'm, you know, cleaning them, editing because I want it neat. And, and I have learned a ton myself. And you know what? I think I got a bunch of courage to do things which I have been thinking about for the last 10 years and not doing. But then you hear how the guys, and here I mean the guys, the male friends of ours, do them and how they think about it. And I'm like, well, I should just like get over my whatever and just do it like them. So, yes, so I've gotten my fair. If you repeat one thing three times on the fourth time, you do it, right? So I think I'm getting to this point. I'm getting a lot braver. So, yeah. There you go. And so this kind of gives us to the giving back topic and which is, you all know, my favorite topic. And um, as I mentioned, Jeff has been uh, with with me. I have been with Jeff for the last 20 years fundraising. And then Mario has been involved since uh, Singapore. And then Sophie and Lara helped with fundraising, et cetera, et cetera. So my question here for you is, why do you volunteer and what would you have to tell to others about volunteering and we all know it's a lot of work so we don't need to discuss this and it sits in the back of your head so even if you are not doing anything about it at this point in time it still bugs you because it's something that has to be done so but why do you do it and what do you get out of it i can go first on this one so i i for me i like genuinely it's just an instinct that i have um and i and i you know i see some people that have it and some people that don't and some people get there over time like i think it's actually something that is reasonably innate um but i think also you know i know i'm in a place of privilege and um so making you know being able to kind of pass on and you know give back from from where we are you know I, I suppose that maybe that's the that's sort of moved from the instinct to the uh, sort of sense of duty um I don't mean to sound holier than that about it but I just like it is just a, it is a very sort of natural thing I know that um my my husband probably really wishes that I would stop volunteering because I do it in lots of different areas but um but you know I think I mean and it is quite interesting is quite often you end up in a group like we have sitting here today that it is a lot of fun that you're on a different team to the team you're on at work or family life or whatever it might be and you come together um and you're all giving your precious time but you know so you want to get things done so you know generally i think you can be quite efficient and um particularly in this crowd and um and you know and create and you know if, if you think about it, i mean look the friday night party is an example i mean god you know just every minute of all of our time that went into that was worth it by multiples right so so you know in that instance i think you know it's it's it's, it's you know it feels worth it it's very tough i i completely agree i think ultimately is is the same thing as at work no like teamwork makes dream work uh and um I think like our class um, is, is best practice in that sense. I think we're setting the example for in a lot of things for other promotions, both with the Friday party, the podcasts, all these kind of things. 
And it's because we're lucky enough that this group of volunteers that has been there for a lot of years, I, I, I just joined from the sidelines. Um, it's like a visionary, fun, brilliant group of people um, that, you know, started with the endowments and then it's almost like every year there's a novelty or a new initiative that then gets picked up by other promotions and other things. Um, and to me, like, uh, it's it's no effort. It's just so organic, so easy. Uh, and as Sophie said, it's just so much fun um, that it's no effort whatsoever. I hardly consider this, consider this like volunteering your work. <laughs> it's almost like another fun activity that I can do with my time. Uh, a big thank you for the leadership, like your leadership on this, Milena, for all the efforts that Jeff Hooker, you have been doing like in the last years with the fundraising. And to everybody who just made the work this year. That's great. I would say for me, it, it's a couple things. One is obviously the opportunity to continue to work with Milena, right? So she's <laughs> amazing, <laughs> impressive. And you talked, Milena, about how much you've learned from these podcasts. You know, I've got to learn from you over the years of, you know, how you get shit done. And it's just pretty damn amazing to watch. And so for me, that's been the highlight. Um, and then a couple other things. One was, you know, I you know, knew for work purpose I would be moving back to the U.S. And so I was fearful that I was going to lose that connection, that I was going to be like, wow, that was this great experience. And I was going to be able to reminisce about it, but lose the connection. And so to me, it was a way to help stay connected. Um, and then finally, just on, you know, giving, I, I think, you know, early on, I had more time than, you know, than money. And we've talked about now you know, that time shift. And so being able to, to donate um, to the fund that, you know, Malay and I initially started and it feels good to be able to give to that just to, you know, allow people to have that experience, right? For me, it was this amazing experience. You know, the, you know, the, the kid from Texas that got to go, you know, to this amazing experience and want other people who have, you know, might not have the means to be able to go do that. So for me, you know, this has been, you know, and exciting and almost, you know, obviously the NCI year and experience was, you know, that life changing, amazing experience. But, you know, beyond that, it's continued to be, you know, getting to see a front row seat to Milena, you know, all, all these years is, is pretty awesome. For me, actually, it's, uh, I also think it's very simple. Um, I feel energized and it's great to help for a cause that I believe in. And because exactly that uh, you all described powerful, meaningful, so it's just logical and exciting. And in terms of the social part, I'll be honest, I'm okay, it started with, let's uh, organize my birthday and extend the Singapore reunion by a day. It was a little bit awkward, but it's, it's very simple as well. It's, you know, if I can help to contribute to people being even happier and a little bit more organized or, you know, not lost or anything on the social front, why not? And now, does this give me um, the opportunity to spend more time, as much of the time uh, um, I can uh, give with this um, lot? Absolutely great. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride. It's been a great 20 years, I must say. So I, yeah, I, I get a kick out of it. <laughs> well, 20 now, yeah. So, and maybe now, uh, let me ask you this. I'll do, so it's time to drop the bomb, which is my personal pride and joy but let me first do a quick survey among you here 
where do you think our endowed fund is as of more or less it was at 430,000 at the end of last financial year which is august say so eight, eight, 800 yeah i was going to say that too yeah i would like it to be a million but that's what i would like to so okay. just put in the middle like mine <laughs> hey. guys you're super sweet you're super pessimistic i am totally you super underestimate your power our power so there you go so ah. So listen, yes, yes, yes. So so we are at 1.2 million Whoa. euro oh. as of Ooh. as of the 30th of November. So you know what? I, I we are still chasing some emails. So we have outperformed, and you know when I said the one million um after Singapore, in Singapore we were coming at 350 or something and I was like, well the next logical step has to be one million because from 350 half a million is not a challenge <laughs> and so I said well okay the next so but I really was wondering how we get there and so this has been amazing now of course I have to be unhappy about something and uh, <laughs> have KPIs for the next one. <laughs> so, so basically, what I am not as happy about is that our participation rate is still not uh, high enough. So, I mean, the bottom line is we know that we have a few classmates who have uh, been super generous. And of course, it's not, we are not measuring donations. And this is why I'm talking about participation, because at some point, of course, there are people who have much bigger capacity, willingness and, cap and capacity are different things. But um, so we have 15 salamanders, which means people who've given uh, 15,000 and above. We have now one platinum salamander, which is 250,000 gift. So we are in this range. Um, the total number of donors for this year is 94, which basically means 22% of the class which I'm sure I haven't gotten the number from INSEAD. I'm sure that this is good in terms of participation uh, on a relative basis. But I, I somehow would love for us to become even more, not only chasing the amount. So there you go. But in any case, we are 20% above target already. And we're still in the year 2023. So this gives me great, great joy. And I, I kept it away from you on purpose so I can get this reaction. <laughs> this is was, you know. amazing. <laughs> so yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, do I get the optimist <laughs> prize or something? <laughs> no, but this is amazing. And I think it's like a super big thank you to everyone who's been, I think this money is being put to good use. And that is what we need to make sure to continue to do. Um, and I think as people get aware of the impact that the money is delivering, then more and more proactiveness is probably going to follow. Yeah. yeah. So uh, in terms of, so 1.2 basically, basically it means that we would be able to disperse one very meaningful scholarship per year or two half tuition kind of scholarships. Mm. It's something like this, where, where this gets us to. And Jeff, sorry, I interrupted you. No, I was just going to commend you for, you know, I remember the early days when we were initially raising funds and wanted to do the endowment 
and the university pushed back that we just didn't have the money. And until we got to a certain dollar figure, and, and I will commend you, Melana, for pushing them very hard to allow for the endowment prior to, because I do think there's an element of had we kind of collected and distributed and really didn't have these you know big numbers that we can talk about, I do think it makes a difference. So I think, you know, early on the fight that you did to go get the university to say, all right, fine, we'll make an exception from you. And, and you know, as you guys all know, you know, the uh, French administration making an exception is not the easiest thing to go do. So, but I do think it puts us in a great position to your point of, you know, a full scholarship, two half scholarships, you know, where does that grow to over time? Although they need to stop raising tuition, otherwise uh, it's going to be <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell your American friends from HBS, etc., to stop raising tuition, you know, and to stop raising the salaries. Of, yes. Yes. <laughs> but it, you make a really good point, which is like, you know, what what's what's the long term on this? What you know, you know we we've got to this incredible number, and we and we. You know, hopefully that means that you know we can provide in, you know, years to come. But you know, what you know, what would be the aim beyond now? Well, and I think that puts us on track for uh, who was saying, well, Sophia, for the next reunion or for the next time we meet because we are working on something where hopefully, but uh, uh, working together and making impact beyond. Okay, so the scholarships, it's all fine, uh, but. Can we be solving a different problem? So many smart and plugged in people when you join them together. And, um, and as Sophia mentioned, we are talking with the Hoffman Institute and this is work in progress. Let's see where, but um, yeah. We know that, that which is great. I, I was just, I was actually meaning more on the kind of, if, you know, from a fundraising perspective. Mm. What's we, the new goal, right? What's the new goal, exactly. Yeah. Well, what do you think should be the new goal? <laughs> well, after one, would you do five? Well, I know that's the thing. It's like, or, or, you know, what, you know, what's 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 the next thing to do? Who knows? Open question. Let's leave it open and let people reflect on it for uh, for a while. And then, um, as I mentioned during the presentation, the class presentation, which by the way, I've been sharing the link for it in these emails that you are getting now daily. It's the advent calendar to Christmas and beyond, <laughs> but there is, I was shocked because I was looking for something and Sunday I discover a recording of our class meeting and I was truly shocked. <laughs> But it is there, and uh, in any case, um, uh, we can discuss and figure out. You know, we keep on working on this and and see where we are going. Um, so, work in progress. But let's keep let's keep that one open for the sake of having people reflect. And I would say there's probably a top line goal, but also a participation goal. I know we've talked about exactly. that exactly. Yes internally that says, you know, you don't have to be a big donor. And this is, you know, the university I came from was all about getting everybody to give a hundred bucks, you know, a yeah. hundred bucks a year. And it starts to add up. Right. And you think about, all right, can I go do a hundred or 500 euro? Sure. Right. Why not? And so to me, that participation might be one of our next goals. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, in this, what we were saying, and I'm just looking for, because uh, I had put it in, in the class presentation, what we were saying is that if a hundred of us pledged a thousand euro per year over the next five years, we would have added half a million to our endowment. Mm. So a hundred of us. And if a hundred of us pledged 500 per year, uh, we would have added another 250,000. So that's like coming close to, I mean, it's 750,000 uh, without really anyone hardly feeling a pinch, right? Because these are not big numbers. It's more the discipline. And then when we were writing emails after the reunion and reminding people, Caroline wrote back to me and she said, you should tell this to everyone because what I had written to her was, uh, if you consider pledging, this would help us greatly because it's going to save us time in chasing you. And she said, you should tell this to everyone <laughs> because in fact, you know, we don't think about we 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 intend to give but then it gets on the pile of on the long list of to do things and making it easy also for us as volunteers as fundraisers is much so anyhow that enough enough on that but great job everyone 20 percent outperformance so far the year is not over yet we're still chasing people so if you are one of these people that have it on your to-do list can you please do it before december 31st End of commercial break. <laughs> All right, let's let's switch gears and two more things here, and then I want to get a bit personal. But um, your hopes for the future and your fears, which ties in with what we can do together. But in general, or in what do you worry about? What do you hope for? That's a long. Silence. That's a that, now you're getting deep, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. Mine is, you know, I'm sure everyone else on the, has, you know, is going to be much more thoughtful. So I'll go first and we can build off mine. But I, I guess for me, it's really now we've, you know, talked about the different phases of life. So now having, you know, two teenage kids, right? I mean, I think there's a lot of hope and, you know, fears that come with that is, you know, am, are we raising good kids? Am I being a good parent? Am I doing the right things? And so I think obviously, you know, my personal network, professional network, all those things are still important. And, you know, I continue to try to invest in those and do things. But I say probably my biggest investment now is, is my kids. And always from a fear standpoint, you know, that's where I spend the most time up at night. Am I doing the right thing? My wife and I and, you know, we're, and, you know are they, how are they going to turn out? Right. And that to me is that biggest reflection on how well you did is, hey, did you raise, you know, good contributing successful kids or did you raise bumps, right? And so now I'm thinking to myself, all right, hopefully they're they're on that path. So that's uh, where I would focus or where, where my attention is focused. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, yeah, sort of at that phase of starting to think about the next generation coming through um, and hoping that, you know, some of the problems that the world finds itself in, they will have the ability and the strength and resilience to get out there and solve them. Maya, Sophia. I'll take it in a more general perspective. I think that, you know, we do live in times where it's very easy to read uh, around 
doom and gloom uh, stories uh, from uh, politics to AI, how's the world going to change, etc. Uh, what is the impact that we are leaving to the next generation as our from our work and focus and prioritization? On the other hand, I see um, a little bit the world through the eyes of my 20-year-old nephew in California, and <laughs> it's not that bad. There are fears, but actually, it's really not that bad. There is the same kind of excitement that we had back then, the same kind of focus. Perhaps technologies are different, business models are different, big companies are uh, different, but uh, no, I, I focus on the good solid uh, hopes for the future and staying positive uh, and putting the fears aside even though it is easy to see mistakes from the past yeah. being repeated yeah history repeating itself yeah i'll probably say like something similar i think like my biggest fear is to lose a positive outlook on life i think when you have a positive outlook on the future is basically when you also get the strength uh, and the energy to, you know, do things and to contribute. Uh, so I, I hope to continue to have like a good bit of optimism and, and positivity. Um, and then the second thing is, is, is also that, you know, energy and strength doesn't leave me <laughs> too early so that I can still continue, you know, to do things, be useful, contribute to others. I think in this stage of life is much more about being useful to others than, you know, just mm. building. We're probably and actually, at the stage. Yeah, I would build on kind of, you know, what I said, what, what you said there, Sophia, as well, around like actually, um, you know, so like medical science has advanced so much that everyone is living so much longer. Um, but I don't think that the same shift in perception about what older people can give to society has moved at the same pace. And I know this is very different in different cultures. Mm. Um, but, you know, certainly from the kind of from the UK and, you know, um, other, well, I, don't, you know I would just from my standpoint, I don't feel like the elders are. Um, given enough time and enough opportunity to share wisdom, too quickly they become irrelevant. And so trying to actually, you know, think about how generations work together um, is, is you know, because you lose so much um, if you lose all that experience, albeit that the world is completely different now. But um, there's a reason why people study history, right? And if, yeah. history, is still, if history is still with us, then use it. History and philosophy and social yeah. sciences and psychology exactly. and uh, just life experience. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely correct. Part of the problem is we are not studying history anymore and philosophy and right. The it's hard to get it on in. TikTok, right? You gotta get <laughs> we need little short snippets of history. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Plato yeah. in ten seconds. <laughs> oh, you say that though. Our eldest is definitely planning to do history all the way through so you know and she spends a lot there's hopes of you there's my hope. <laughs> yeah my daughter is studying history now in school and that's her passion and it's it's yeah, right. kind of renewed that for me which is pretty exciting right that mm -hmm. i'm kind of you know i let her read the books and then summarize for me which has been been fun payback at last <laughs> yes exactly yeah. <laughs> All right, so if we can summarize the last 20 years of your life personally in one word. I would say just 
Actually, I'll, I'll let you yeah, go for it. Go for it. The word that comes to my head. Nice. Is Globe trotting. Uh, grateful. Um, I'm, I'm going to say um, Ollie's cute. I, you got me stumped here, Melina. You know, <laughs> I've been amazing, right? I guess would be a good way to yeah. summarize it. Not without a lot of ups and downs, but uh, if you can kind of bear through those, the, the outcome has been, you know, an exciting one. So fortunate, amazing, globetrotting, and grateful. And you? What about you, Melina? Yes. Uh, gosh, uh, lucky. Counted. So all positive, good. I mean, look, it could be positive. How can we know? It could be negative, right? It's a matter of glasses half empty or half full so it, it's it's our choice um but yeah i agree with been at least for the podcast we're uh, positive right we, we can go back and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well the reality say that one well you you seem to be on mute there you go. All right. Well, stressing health. You mentioned we mentioned health a few times. So, how do you manage the, these aspects of life at the moment? At the moment, as in at this point in life. Not I think by now most of my friends hate me, <laughs> my close friends and family, because I'm just uh, how to say a dictator <laughs> of sleeping properly, eating properly, exercising, and connecting. That I think should be the priority of any person in this stage of life. What was the last one? Exercising, connecting, right? exercising, connecting. connecting. You know, just you know, be yeah. useful, connect to people, give yeah. yourself to people, help, be helped. You know, um, yeah, and always prioritize that. Uh, mm. I think one of the things I probably regret was I slept way too little when I was younger. I didn't fully appreciate the benefits of having like a rested body and a rested mind. And, and right now I'm just like quite the opposite. I just hammer everyone I know about these four habits, which I think everyone can slowly, slowly start building and put, in my view, like the secret sauce to a happy old age. I think that actually it probably happened for me about three years ago where I realized unless I did all of that, it was not looking good. And yeah. actually, you know, at first, I found that really difficult, but you know, you can respond and react and do all of the things that you're talking about. And there's yoga and Pilates and all of those things that are massively helpful. And, <laughs> um, and now I look and I think actually it was just the opportunity I was given to start doing things in a way that was, you know, better for me. And when it's better for me, it's better for those around me as well. And the one thing I would add on this is that, you know, it comes with experience that, um, the radar is very alert on the potential traps and pitfalls that you know we all come across and it's under identifying them and reacting to them on time uh, very timely and in the proper way and i would uh, totally agree the ingredients that you both described are the ones to drive the solution but it's very important also you know life is dynamic you cannot just say that now i'm in a new state of nirvana with all these new ways of it's also how you deal with what life throws at you and how alert you are uh, to identify before it's late i would say similar to you know, kind of piggyback on sophia's answer there where, where i never really 
took my health serious and then realized that I've kind of done some damage to my body over time. And so trying to make up for that. And the one thing I have done, I started probably 10 years ago doing yoga. And so we talked, I'm still a beginner, right? I'd still consider myself the guy in the back of the room, the beginner, but you know, I did it more for <laughs> physical ailment, aches and pains than realize, Hey, there's actually some mental benefit to this. So I still, you know, kind of go to the neighborhood yoga class and uh, get some benefit from it. Nice. I've recently discovered meditation. I got the right one. In all honesty, there's, there's no right formula. Different things are going to work for different people. The important thing is, you know, just prioritize your balance. Um, mm. There's so many situations when I'm talking to friends and I always end up with the same sentence, which is you cannot pour out of an empty vase. So if you're empty, you cannot help anyone around you. Um, so I think we all feel guilty for taking care of ourselves and spending time on ourselves. Um, you always prioritize your family and your work and all the gazillion things that we put on, on the shelf, oh, sorry, on, 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 as a priority. And if we get to a point that we are depleted, then we're of no, we're of no use, no? Um, so let's just look at those things as like, you know, the basics <laughs> for us to be able to be out there for others. I, I really, really believe that. And uh, I, I, yeah, again, people who know me probably cannot stand me <laughs> listening to me talking about this anymore. <laughs> All right, well, you know, in the 26 episodes we ran, we had the quick round of questions. And since it's four or five of us, I'm not going to do the full list, but I, I selected a, a few. So we'll try to go quickly. And if you don't, want to answer one or don't have an answer just raise your hand and pass it to the next one so i start with happiness is let's say deep friendships a decision life in balance staring at a sunset whether on an island or outside of out of an airplane window whatever you what can. keeps you awake at night nothing really sleep well Fundamental. oh uh, worrying about my kids so it made me think when you, the, the question before happiness is, so the expression is you're only as ever as happy as your unhappiest child. So, <laughs> God, that's true. <laughs> I'd say the same. It's just, you know, am I raising good kids? And that kind of is the, the one thing that I think about often. I would say very little gives me away at night nowadays. I think occasionally is the lack of courage to just implement a decision, which is hard. But apart from that is, you know, very little. If you had to do it all over again, what would you change? I think for me, I would uh, spend less time in middle management and more time doing entrepreneurship. So um, I'm going to jump on what Sophia said, actually. And I would have spent less time trying to pour from an empty vase <laughs> yeah. that for a very long time. Uh, I would say that I've been like pretty unintentional in, in the way I have conducted my life. I'm very serendipitous <laughs> about life. Maybe I should have been a little bit more purposeful. But on, on the other hand, like, yeah, like I'm pretty happy where I am. So not sure it would have changed much. <laughs> For me, I would follow my gut feel even closer. Yeah. Trust thyself. If you had to, put, uh, to pick one book everyone should read. I would pick up something light because I know some of the, the ones that have been, uh, we have quite serious books up to now. And that would be The Subtle Art <laughs> of Not Giving a Fuck by Which Mark Manson. Which is the Manson. best title for a book ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, w- I would say that typical Stoics, you know, Marcos Aurelius, Seneca, I think this is the type of... Um, I read a book that really has stayed with me called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, which is uh, very linked That's to... That's a depressing message. Well, it, it, yeah. It, it, so it, the first half of it is kind of, you know, everything that's happening to a body when it's in trauma. And the, the examples that he takes are, you know, right out the he the guy that wrote it was involved with um, the Vietnam War, war veterans and the, they, that, that was where they first came up with the diagnosis of PTSD. Mm. Um, and so he talks about extreme trauma cases, but then you can kind of start to sort of weave in how, you know, pouring from the empty vase, all of this stuff is actually, you know, not so good for your body the second half of the book is great what do we do about it and that's full of hope and and lots of yoga (laughs) (laughs) you're in the right path Jeff (laughs) I'll stay probably a little less deep than all but uh, there's a book I just started reading called fearless golf so my daughter's a golfer and I live vicariously through her because I you know never been good at golf and I realize I never will be but I'm thinking maybe she will be and the mental game, it's kind of amazing, right? There's the physical aspect, but the mental aspect. And a lot of that mental aspect is, you know, to me, a reflection on life and things you deal with mentally. And there's this microcosm in golf. And so there's, this, um, you know, a, a golf mental game book, which is pretty interesting that I've taken a lot of lessons. I still am terrible at golf, though. It doesn't help my, my game. <laughs> oh, well, you can always be your daughter's caddy, right? Yes. I'm a good, I'm a good caddy. I <laughs> All right. Well, most admired public person. So hard. Because <laughs> we only, this is, yeah, we this only always know a tough facet. question. Well, well look, Taylor like Swift just <laughs> got announced to be person of the year. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, since I am in Stockholm right now, I'll pick up a Nobel winner and someone, and I'll pick up an African leader and that of course will be mandela because there's always something positive or a lot of positive things to talk uh, about do you have any more additions i'm gonna uh, say if 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 the public is defined as the INSEAD republic i'll put melena up as mine i'm totally not the public person <laughs> i would vouch for that <laughs> Well, Mandela wins it for our class, by the way, because uh, he there were four or five votes for him already. So with you, it's definitely the most frequently mentioned voted mentioned. Yeah. However, admired person. And I'll I'll add a snippet uh, here. I was at a fairly intimate dinner a few years ago, uh, where the uh, speaker was F. W. De Klerk, and he was asked, "Who is the person you admire the most?" And That's he funny. said, "Nelson Mandela." When your enemy, <laughs> so, mm. yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Exactly, that's pretty cool. I, I have most... to say that I also. Mm. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, sorry. No, I just have to say that uh, on a completely different note, not on a humanitarian. But I, I also like, you know, non-nonsense people. You know, like uh, um, people like Warren Buffett. Like, I really like his no-nonsense approach to life. Even Michelle Obama, she's mm-hmm. very pragmatic, very to the point. So that's the type of, let's say, personas that I tend to appreciate. But I'm always very worried because with public people, you only know the persona that they want to portray. So we never know if that's the real you or not. And it's almost despised public <laughs> person. The professional influencer. 
<laughs> I fully agree with that. One. I think there are some fairly scary people um, knocking about in world leadership at the moment. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Getting worse by the minute. People threatening to return as well is quite scary too. So if I were to say that any politician with a weird <laughs> hairdo... Yeah, you can get a... Is uh, that a cover? Nice, uh, nice <laughs> covers hair, a couple right? of them. Huh? Quite a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> also, let's include exactly. naked tours of pictures. That covers another content. Not including the ones we saw at the INSEAD cabaret. Okay. No, no, no. No, no, no. These are good people. These are good people. <laughs> All right. Well, that was, that was fun. So, before we close, and it is for part of the world, it is December, so it is the holiday season. So I'll let you all give your wishes for, for everyone. But uh, would you have one thing, if, if the dean was here, the new dean, what would you tell him? Tell him, because he's going to listen. I would say just make sure that your education is raising the bar on future management, not only in terms of technical knowledge, but in terms of values. Um, so that would be the thing that I would ask him to guarantee is like with his program, his academia, he's just basically raising the bar. I would say that, um, and it's evident from coming out of the reunion, uh, the university has a great asset. It's the alumni network, invest more and with the expectation to get more out of it. Yeah, I think there's always work they can do on the administration. And I think, you know, when you have those conversations with people about giving, there is definitely some people, I think the, the, the most likely kind of negative that I would get would just be that people don't want to give to that, which I mean, it's great, our endowment, you know, is, is you know, it circumvents that which is which is a positive for a lot of people but i think actually to your point mario investing a bit more there would reap rewards yeah and mine is kind of a, just a piggyback on what's been said right it's really thinking about what you know what makes NCA great right what's the history what are the things that you know have him learn those things and you know i think to sophie's point right which is you know make it a place that people want to give to and say hey this is you know where i want my money to go because i see what it's doing for people organizations institutions those type of things which i think it has the power to do and so this is bridging into and do more with alumni and with classes and it's bridging into what we are talking about now uh, with the Hoffman Institute um, looking to go back on campus. And I've had this with more than one person calling me afterwards and saying, can we do a mini MBA? Can we do a refresher? And this, I feel after the reunion and after the conversations with various people is a massive untapped potential. Um, keep up the education of your alumni and give them the opportunity to get back together because at the level of the class is where you have the strongest bonds. You have bonds on many, many different levels beyond that, but the strongest and most emotional one would always be on the class level for the MBAs in any case. 
So, uh, so let's see how that goes. We are working on this. So next year may be an interesting one and we may not have to wait five years to get together again, but let's see. So um, any last words you have for our classmates? <laughs> They could be funny, they a big could be thank stupid you. or silly or very silly. For all the ones who contribute already and the ones who are going to contribute. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wishing to see as many of you uh, next year, if possible, as many as we saw this year. Yeah, stay in touch. I liked some of the ideas that were coming up on the WhatsApp group just after we were together. And, and uh, yeah. Feeling like if anyone feels inspired with any of those things to push them a little, then I think they're kind of, you know, pushing it. And, and on, a on a practical level, we're we're a great bunch, of course. <laughs> but uh, trying it from my tiny Winnie, uh, you know, fresh company that I'm trying to grow, the a very a major thank you to the Portugal-based and Singapore-based people that have responded so well to me querying and needing information. And I'm sure this is a tiny example of what more we can produce as a group, helping each other and collaborating with each other. No, I, I think all, all, everything that's been said is uh, much more well eloquent than what I can produce. But yeah, just excited to stay in touch with everybody. I think that touch point, their reunion, right, getting to see people face to face and hopefully, you know, the enthusiasm doesn't wear off right when you just kind of go back that hopefully there's you know and it, it sounds like there's some things happening and and some reality i think sophie touched on it right where people are at different stages of their life right it's a little less competitive a little more you know cooperative and you know i guess you know people are more comfortable in their own skin and so feel good about you know the connections and realize how important these connections are so just you know maintaining those and and building ones that you know might not be that big today all right so and what i'll say to top it off is the last words i said in our class meeting which is think about how we can be advisors to each other how we can help each other how we can invest in each other and do business with each other because it is rather rare it's not rare but in the big world it is rather rare to find people that are like-minded that they share similar values so this is the most valuable thing we have at the end of the day as a group and we should look and think of how we can leverage it more so that's my wish for everyone and um, i want to thank you for taking the time in the middle of december which is this crazy month for so many of us and uh, I look forward to seeing you. I'm sure I'm going to see you all next year. I'm seeing Sophie only in silly days, and I'm looking forward to this. Yay! <laughs> London, here we come. So thank you very much. And uh, may we pray for peace, in fact, because this is the one thing that worries me. There is too much negative stuff going on around us, around the world. So um, let's hope for a better 2024 as far as it is concerned. So I'll see you all in the new year. Same to all. Thank you, guys. Happy and safe holidays to all and see you all in the new year. Thank you so much. Ciao. Thank you. Take care. 
You are listening to the Republic of INSEAD 20 Years Later O3D Podcast Edition. It is my hope to remind everyone what an interesting and dare I say colorful bunch of people we are and how much we can contribute to each other, be it through ideas, knowledge or mere inspiration. The podcast is inspired by the original Republic of INSEAD yearbook produced on paper 20 years ago by Oliver Bradley and team. Thank you, Oli and team, for this contribution to our class's memory and for letting me continue in the tradition, title and inspiration included. Creator and author of the Republic of INSEAD 20 Years Later O3D podcast edition am I, Milena Ivanova. Original music by Peter Dundakov with help from Dare Films Productions. Thank you for listening.